I'm Linda Van Falkenberg. And I'm Ron Gore. And, and you're listening, listening to, to the, the Co Parent Academy, Academy Podcast. Podcast. Linda, we have a topic today for our podcast, and I'm not quite sure how to think about this dad. He is one of two things, maybe. Either he has a really high regard for his five-year-old's scheduling and technical abilities, (laughs) or he's putting the onus on the wrong person. I'm not sure which way to think about it. Or on two wrong people. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Look at me forgetting about poor mom. Yes. So tell us about it. What's the scenario we've got? The title is X wants five-year-old to call him instead of him, the X, calling. My ex has asked our son, who's five years old, to call him more rather than my ex being the one who calls, quote, all the time. He also asked me this a few months ago, so I put a reminder in my calendar recurring every Wednesday to remind me to get our son to call him. We also call him on special occasions or if something exciting happens that my son wants to share with his dad. I have our son 12 days out of every two weeks, and the ex has him one or two days every two weeks, which is his choice. So I already do basically everything for our son, and I work full time. Personally, I don't think I should have to be the one remembering to get our son to call him. I already have enough to remember and to do, and our five-year-old won't remember by himself. So essentially, that task falls to me. I don't think this is a fair thing for him to ask. Am I in the one? Am I the one in the wrong here? Is asking a five-year-old to remember to call an age-appropriate ask? Well, I would say it's not right for the five-year-old or for mom. For the (laughs) five-year-old, correct. I can't imagine a fifteen-year-old remembering either. So I can't imagine a (laughs) forty-eight-year-old remembering. So, how do you respond to mom? Well, the bright spot in that, and you know I tend to find this, um, I really loved one line in here that uh, she does have the child call dad on a special occasion, which is kind of rare, or if something exciting happens that my son wants to share with dad. I think that's pretty lovely. I really do. Yeah, I think that's amazing. And it shows that she's even questioning whether she should be the person Yes. To remind him shows that she's, at least is from what we can see, she may be a monster and we just don't know. <laughs> but from what we can see, it sounds like she has a good heart and is willing to serve in the role of trying to foster a relationship between son and dad. And it sounds like dad's got some issues. Uh, it's hard to, to know why he's not calling. But I'm imagining there's some other side to the story here. What do you usually hear when you represent a father that they, what are their reservations in making those calls? Well, sometimes whenever they call, they wind up getting an earful from the mom or they're from their perspective harassed about, you know, something that they were supposed to have done or mom thinks they were supposed to have done. And I think from my experience, they're often right because I I don't 
lots of moms uh, who would be in that position to be saying things to dad when he called for the visitation. Um, usually they don't want to pick a fight for no reason. Right. Because who wants that? So maybe there is something actually that that's going on in those circumstances. But I think they they wind up not enjoying the parenting time. And if they have mom start the conversation by chastising them for something they did or didn't do, then they wind up not being in the right emotional space to enjoy talking to their kid. Because I know that there have been studies where moms are better able to be the adult mom and be the mom mom. You know, to interact with adults on adult levels about adult things and simultaneously be mom to a little kid. Then dads are able to uh, interact on the human level and simultaneously be dad in the way that a little kid needs dad to be dad. And I think, if I recall correctly... I've never heard that before. Yeah, That's a, very interesting. A reason for that is because the mom role is so much more inculcated into a woman's sense of being a woman. Uh, by society and a dad has a much more separate existence away from a child. A dad is much less likely to think of himself as dad when his kids aren't there. Wow. Then a mom is to think of herself as mom when kids aren't there. Wow. It's kind of sad, really. It is kind of sad, hmm. but that's, that's also part of the reason why it's important after a separation to do everything you can to bring dad into the parenting dynamic because it's so much more likely for a father to go away. Right. But it's less likely for a mom to do that because being a mom is so much more built in with her overall existence. Right. Is that making sense? Yes. I've heard you talk about that before, but didn't realize it was in that context in terms of helping dad to feel like a dad, giving him those feeling is when he doesn't have his child in some way. Right. And so I think part of what goes on when guys don't want to call because they get inundated with requests or demands from mom about things not related to the father-child relationship is and knocks them out of that space that they're getting themselves into to effectively be a dad to a little kid. I think it would also translate to those sessions for reconciliation that I have where the father is having a hard time just being in a space to talk to his child, the person that's in the room with him or on the screen with him versus talking to the child like he's talking to the mom, hmm. you know, like, like fighting the child or guilt tripping the child for not um, doing something that mom was supposed to do oh, for him, you know, to facilitate their relationship. Yeah. And part of this is just me talking, remembering when I had a, a little child, a toddler, you know, and you come in from work and I was an attorney and I was coming in from right. doing whatever. And I really needed to transition my brain. Right. And, you know, there's that idea that, oh, well, guys say they need a cooling off period or they need to recalibrate when they get home. And it's just very selfish. Probably I'll own that. But I think it was also necessary for me to slip into a different like mode of thinking and feeling. And I would try to do it in the car coming home. 
I was about to say, now, is that how you developed your uh, listening to certain music on the way home? I do try, yeah, mm-hmm. because it, I try to get myself out of that thinking mode. And part of the problem is, is that I give everybody my cell phone number. <laughs> and so I'll get calls, you know, and I'll take them in the car. So okay. now I've started trying not to do that in the car because I had heard for years that when I came into the house, like everybody knew dad was home. Uh-huh. And I didn't want that to be the case. And I think it still happens. Well, and I've talked to a lot of children through the years that literally they scatter to their rooms if they hear dad pulling in. Right. Which I think is pretty sad. It is. But I think, I I think that is at its core part part of the problem is that men think of them. Men's brains are calibrated a little bit differently to not fully envelop the role of dad simultaneously with the role of like man out in the world. Wow. And it may just be a societal thing. Maybe it's different in other societies where the view of fatherhood and motherhood are are differently structured. That would be interesting to see a research on that. Yeah. Wow. I don't know. And maybe that has nothing to do with it, but that's what comes to my brain when I think, why would, uh, why would he have difficulty with that? Why wouldn't he enjoy it? Or maybe he's just a jerk. Hmm. It's making me rethink some things now. Does that also apply to fathers not necessarily remembering special occasions or special dates, like even a child's birth date? Or I don't, I don't know. May that, that may be a bridge too far. Okay, I think that's just us not being organized and being a little too selfish. Okay. But, I mean, your dad was great at that oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. Once because again, he, he had in, that little book. <laughs> he was intentional about Very marking those so. things down. And I think women are more intentional. Wow. I'm tempted. I don't know if anyone can hear that. We just had a vehicle that was loud go by. I'm going to wait and see if we can hear it. If so, I may keep it in. <laughs> and we're on the 10th floor. That was impressive. Yeah. The uh, I can still hear it. And he walks away. I'm assuming he. See, there's an example. That's <laughs> unlikely to be a lady. <laughs> I was thinking that, but I didn't say it out loud. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, but so I think women are more intentional about crafting those relationships and maintaining those relationships and remembering birthdays and things like that are part of it. Right. And, you know, you would expect a woman to do that, like Christmas cards. Would my family get Christmas cards if I weren't married? Probably not. Because I wouldn't even think about it. And I'll bet Rebecca does most of the shopping for gifts for people like that, too. She Or does she make she all has. the gifts? Because she could do that. I know. <laughs> no, she does. She does. I would rather have a Rebecca gift anytime. <laughs> it's a store. She's super talented. The, um, no, she used to, but I do that. I do most of that for my family. But my siblings and I don't get each other gifts. Okay. But I'll get gifts from my dad and my stepmom. Well, I'm proud of you. Well, thank you. It didn't used to always be the case. I think this is an example of Rebecca saying, uh, no, it's time for <laughs> you to to do this yourself. And I was like, yes, ma'am. Good for her. And started doing it. I'm sure she's training Aiden to think like that as well. She's trying. <laughs> but he's, you know, whatever. <laughs> He'll get there. He's a sweetheart. 
Well, the thing I always think about with this, when a mother does complain about having to remember, put it yet another thing on her calendar, et cetera, you can understand totally where it's like, really, you're abdicating your responsibility again. But I like to reframe it for moms to say, you know, and bearing up there being a court order that says it has to be at seven o'clock every night, which they used to do. Um, it it would perhaps be better, and even realistically, to catch a kid at a time where they do have something exciting to share with dad, something interesting. They just found a certain kind of bug outside or whatever, you know, that they could call dad when it's convenient or when. The child's interest is there, which can be quite fleeting. Right. So that would be a cool thing, too, for the mom to realize, you know, hmm, I just kind of get this done right now instead of waiting till a particular time on a particular day. Right. I can imagine that. And I can also imagine mom timing it to where we did something interesting. Now mm-hmm. you go do this and she has to go take care of something else. And it's a great time to give him the phone and say, go ahead and right. call your dad. Right. Yeah. And I can also see it would be unfair to mom, but in her child's best interest for her to maybe have him call once every couple of weeks and keep that on her calendar, but not be required to do it every week and make dad meet her halfway. Right. Um, Because it's important for her child to continue having that kind of contact with dad, even if dad doesn't seem to want it because maybe it's a, fake it till you make it situation where through the repetition and the habit that starts to look forward to it and maybe right. starts to do it himself. But the worst case scenario would be for dad to slip out of the child's life right. farther. And that would just cause mom problems down the road too, because the child who doesn't have a good relationship with his father is going to have behavioral issues in the future, which may wind up causing mom more trouble than remembering to have the kid call dad periodically. What I don't like when I hear it is a father laying a guilt trip on a child or an adolescent that they have not kept in touch or haven't called or haven't oh, whatever. I completely agree. That that bothers me to no end. And I wish it would just be, I mean, I know a parent-child relationship's not a friend relationship, but you know, everybody seems to have, especially with cell phones and Skype and everything their own kind of communication style. And so, especially between the sexes, you know, like if it's a father with an adolescent daughter, you know, their, their communication styles are going to just inherently be very different. And so it would be nice if, you know, like she says here, the the five-year-old won't remember by himself, but will he, after a few of those, I just did whatever and I want to show and tell dad, you know, out of, after a few of those, if they are received well, but they're not a prescribed time or day, um, I would think father would really be encouraging of those to continue. And that would be a more organic time and place for the child to be calling. All these, especially since cell phones, I've, I've had so many parents tell me, you know, the calls last 52 seconds, you know, it's, once again, it's kind of like we were talking yesterday with our relocation uh, course. It's it's a instead of 
that, quote, parenting time, or instead of so many calls per week for such a length of time each call, um, don't be so focused on that. Be way more focused on, is this an actual conversation? Yeah. Is the child enjoying it, you know? Well, and it, I just am reminded, when we moved to Oklahoma, our son was, uh, I think, eight years old, maybe. And we were living on uh, a ranch with my in-laws. And I wanted him to be able to go and explore. Mm-hmm. And also, I wanted him to be able to talk to my folks who were back in Virginia. And so I got him one of those little watches that had like four programmable buttons. It had a tracker in it so I could tell where he was and let him also have some freedom. But it had little buttons on it where he could push and it would call, you know, his grandparents or whoever. So that might be something that even a five-year-old could have. Sure. A little thing like that that isn't connected to the internet or anything like right. you're not looking at websites. Right. But he could push a button and talk to his dad. Oh. Not have to remember the phone number. So, so maybe I'm curious, did Aiden ever do that? Even while yeah. he was out and about on his own, just I mean, to tell him about what so, he was doing? Some. Uh. I don't think it lasted too long. <laughs> but, you know, I think it was a neat idea and it could have hooked in. And for maybe for a child like this, maybe a situation like this giving them the ability to easily call when they're excited about something may be great. Yeah. So, well, let's hope that this dad, uh, if this is actually what's going on, steps up a little bit and realizes the value of having those kinds of fun, brief moments with his kid. And if mom is as she presents herself as, congratulations to her for trying hard to do the right thing. And yes, and it's not fair. The answer is it's not fair. But many things aren't. Many things aren't. And you're the kind of person, it seems like, who's willing to take on that extra task. Yes. So, all right. Thank you, everybody. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to leave questions, comments, or concerns, please email podcast at coparentacademy.com. And please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen.